Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you're with us today for Revelation God Rules. This is episode 23, Accepting God's Invitation to Eternal Life. It's the episode for Sunday, June 25th, 2023. Years ago, there was an elderly lady who had never married, and she was going through some old clothing that she had. And in the pocket of one of her old coats, she found an unopened letter. What a surprise. She couldn't wait to open it because she had forgotten to open it decades ago. In that letter was a proposal for marriage that she never knew had been offered. And undoubtedly, the man who sent that letter had decided that her lack of reply was her answer. Wow. I want you to notice today that at the end of the book of the Revelation, God uses, I think I counted correctly, 16 verses to make sure that the reader and the hearer of the book of the Revelation is invited to escape hell and enjoy heaven. Can you imagine any other topic that is of more vital importance than that? After we have heard about the seven churches, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, and the utter catastrophic destruction of the seven-year tribulation on the earth, God ensures that we know how to be saved. Compared to the meaning of the visions of the prophet Daniel, which at the end of the book of Daniel were sealed up until the time of the end, the meaning of the book of the Revelation openly proclaims how men and women, teenagers, boys and girls may understand and be saved. Unlike the elderly lady who read the marriage proposal in the unopened letter, you will hear the invitation of God to live with him forever. And I want to talk with you today as we end this series, Revelation, God Rules, this is the last episode of that series. We'll move on to something else in the next episode of This Week in the Word. But I want you to know today that we're going to talk about how to, how to accept, to receive God's offer of eternal life. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the book of the Revelation. And last week in that episode, we looked at Revelation 21 and we went through verse 5 of Revelation 22. So in Revelation 22, we resume with verse 6. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true, 
and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Now let's look at those two verses. We are guaranteed that what we have heard and read are faithful and true because the Lord is faithful and true. Amen? And his servants, his angels are faithful in their communication of this message. And notice that it says, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. God wants us in broad terms, in terms of future Bible prophecy, God wants us to know the future. And he tells us about it in this 22-chapter book called the Book of the Revelation. And he says in verse 7, Behold, I come quickly. The Greek word used here is the Greek word takos. Many of you who are car enthusiasts immediately recognize what that means. It's referring to speed, like a tachometer on a race car measures the revolutions per minute. And so the Lord says he's coming quickly. This means the idea of with speed, with rapidity, suddenly. You know, today, except for a small remnant of Christians, I mean, a very small remnant, except for people who read their Bibles and who are, are taught in Bible prophecy, the rest of the world, including the vast majority of professing Christians, even the so-called preachers of those churches, have no concern, no thought, no idea that the return of Jesus Christ is imminent. Now, Jesus says, blessed, that's makarios, like remember in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the poor in spirit, and those blessings mentioned there, same word, makarios. It is a, the way I would describe it is an inner contentment in the Lord, unrelated to what's going on around you. We need that, Amen. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. That idea of keepeth is you, you observe it, you pay attention to it, almost like you're guarding it. That's the idea. It's so important that you, you have that attitude when you come to Bible prophecy. Verse 8, And I, John, now John's not nobody, okay? John was in the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ, probably second only to Peter. John was certainly one of the top leaders among the disciples. And I, John, saw these things. John was not only a disciple, he was a handpicked apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
John was privileged, was blessed with being given responsibility for recording this vision in the book of the Revelation. So John writes here, and I, John, saw these things and heard them. Now he had already written probably by this time the Gospel of John. Maybe it was written after the book of the Revelation. I don't know that. I'm not that versed in all of that. But that's the John we're talking about. This is not just anybody. This is the Apostle John. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. You know, this angel was so majestic and powerful, it was overwhelming. And John made a a very wrong move in falling to worship the angel. Watch what happens, by the way. Verse nine, then saith he unto me, see thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren the prophets and of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. And God's people said, amen. We are not to worship angels. We are to worship God alone. Amen. Verse 10, and he saith unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. You remember that at the end of the book of Daniel, Daniel the prophet was told to seal up the vision and, and uh, the, the prophecy that he was given, that it would be revealed at the time of the end. Here, this is given and it's to be proclaimed and openly known. And you know, the, uh, yeah, the, the amazing thing, this just baffles me. We live in a day where we can see literally things coming into place that paved the way for the literal fulfillment of the book of the Revelation, such as the uh, thirst and drive for global government, uh, a, a monetary system that you're, if you're in, you can buy and sell. If you're locked out, you can't buy and sell. That is almost upon us. We'll talk about those things in other uh, episodes in the coming weeks in this, uh, not in this series, but at uh, this week in the Word. We'll be looking at some of that. So amazingly, do you know who the people are who are most asleep about this sometimes, it seems like? People who say they love the Lord Jesus Christ. Preachers who say they preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Churches which are supposed to belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet, <laughs> the churches of today are, are predominantly Laodicean churches that make the Lord nauseous because they are just, you know, self-absorbed and self-sufficient. They have no need. And the Lord, it nauseates the Lord. We saw this back in Revelation uh, chapter three at the end there. You know, the world doesn't know about the book of the Revelation, but in general, the world's lost. All right, I get that. But Christians, so-called Christians, 
do not understand Bible prophecy and, and know very little about the book of the Revelation. To them, it is a sealed book, but it's not supposed to be. It's not that mysterious as we've seen. It's pretty straightforward. There are some things in it that are difficult to, to untangle and understand, but pretty much the message is very clear. Amen. Verse 11. You know, when I was a kid, and I've, and I've heard it said on TV shows, and I probably heard other parents say it, and probably my mom said it to me, like, you just wait till your father gets home. Just keep it up. Keep it up. Now, we know when we hear somebody say that, they're not saying, yes, continue to disobey. That's a good thing. We, we know what that means. Like, all right, keep it up. You're going to get what's coming. That's kind of what we're reading in verse 11. Let's read this. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly. This is the idea of suddenly and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Now let's stop right here. We just heard that uh, blessed are they that do his commandments that so they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. What city is that? It's the one that we saw last week, the bride of Christ, the new Jerusalem descending from heaven. And it you just have to go back. I don't want to cover all of that again. Go back to last week's episode, episode 22, and you'll hear all about it. But he's talking about how do you get to live in that city and who isn't in that city? So I did something that I don't usually do. I've copied here the English-Greek uh, translation here and pasted it in so I can read it to you. So I'm going to read what it is in Greek. Outside, that means exo is the Greek word, are the dogs. Now, dogs are considered an unclean animal. Now, I like dogs, but spiritually and scripturally, when that's used that way, dogs are, represent uncleanness, okay? And sorcerers, these are people that are involved in, uh, guess what? Those who practice the occult. And the word is pharmacos. And that word is the idea of using drugs to open uh, portals or gateways to the spiritual realm, to the demonic occult realm, to consort with demons. 
people who are involved in illicit drug use, many of them do it for that purpose, to try to uh, connect with the other side, as they say. But many people who take drugs recreationally, they don't realize it, but they're consorting with this demonic world. Some of them have bad trips, man. You know, and that's what that's about because there is a spiritual realm unseen normally to the human eye. Well, these drugs have been used for centuries, thousands of years by witch doctors and etc. to to make contact with demonic spirits in order to be empowered by those spirits or to gain special knowledge. Well, notice here, and concerning who's in the city and who's out, outside are the dogs, those who practice the occult, that Greek word is pharmakos, the sexually immoral, immoral rather, that's the Greek word pornos. And God is telling, if your lifestyle is characterized by these things, you are not currently on your way to heaven and you need to repent. So he says, outside are the dogs, those who practice the occult, the sexually immoral. And then he says, murderers. This Guess what this Greek word means? Murderers, people who kill other people. Now we're not talking about in, uh, for example, war, something like that or in self-defense. We're talking about people who prey on other people and murder them to take their lives and even take their possessions, that kind of thing, murderers. Uh, Idolaters, these are people who worship idols. Of course, that will be big time, big time, big time part of the tribulation with the image of the beast and bowing and worshiping the beast and his image. So the people who do that, I'll tell you what, one thing's very clear from the book of the Revelation. If you take that mark and you worship the beast and his image, you will never enter heaven. That's the message of Revelation. And everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Like, do you know people who love lying? People who live in terms of being their whole life is a lie. They tell lies. They deceive people. They need to repent because they're not currently on their way to heaven. So how do you know that? Because this tells us that. You don't have to say, I wonder what that means. God's telling us now, it isn't that by not doing those things, you get to go to heaven. It's through repenting of sin as you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and receive him as your Savior and Lord. Your sins are forgiven, even these sins, and you are born again. You receive his life born in you. He lives in you and through you when you are truly born again. Now, let's go to verse 16. There's so much we could say about everything we've just read, but we'll move on. Revelation 22, 16. 
I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. What an ending to such a wonderful, magnificent book. So notice that Jesus explains in no uncertain terms that the Messiah promised by uh, through David's line by the Father, that he says, I am the root and the offspring of David. I am that Messiah, is what he's saying, and the bright and morning star. And then he says in verse 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit, of course, is God. The Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, is God. And God the Father is God. And the Spirit and the Bride, who is the Bride? Well, you should know that by now, and I know you do. That's the church, the Bride of Christ. And the Spirit and the Bride say, come. We are to be inviting people to come to Jesus Christ to be saved from their sins, that they might live with him eternally in heaven. That is a primary responsibility of the church. If you're a real Christian, there should be some way in which you're inviting people to come to Christ. It may not be through teaching or preaching. It may not be a podcast. You may not even be very vocal, but you should be an influencer for Jesus Christ. And I'm sure if you ask the Lord, he will show you the way that you have been created to do that. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. So if you become a Christian, for example, as a result of this podcast, you will naturally, or actually supernaturally, the Lord living through you when you're born again, you will be used by Jesus to invite people to come. And let him that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. What is this idea of being thirsty or a thirst? It's the idea 
of a longing and a desire to know God, to be, to be free of sin, to live eternally with him. If you are thirsty for that, you can come and drink the water of life. And he says there, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Now, don't make a mistake right here. You might say, so the water of life is free, huh? Well, actually, it costs the Lord Jesus Christ his death on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, even though he is sinless. He did not die for his own sin because he has no sin. He took all of your sin and my sin upon himself and died the death to pay the price for our sin. He rose again the third day, proving that the Father accepted his holy sacrifice. And he lives now, after ascending to heaven, he lives to ever intercede for us in heaven. And he lives his life now until he returns through the church, the body of Christ on the earth. Now, I kind of went off course there just a little bit. All of that's true. But listen, if you want Jesus Christ, if you want forgiveness of sin, you can take the water of life freely, although it was purchased by him at the ultimate price. But you are not charged to take of the water of life freely. Isn't that wonderful? Probably no one has ever explained this to you. You've never heard anything like this. You thought that you had to do a certain amount of good things and try to reduce the amount of bad things that you do, or you need to go to church more, or you need to pray more, or whatever, fill in the blank. We are born again. We receive forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. We can't do anything to earn that. It is a free gift, and we drink of the water of life freely. Now, verse 18 for I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in, the, in this book. Now, somebody might say, well, how would he do that if they weren't alive during the tribulation? Hey, don't you worry about that. If God said he would add those plagues to them, it's no problem for God, no matter when they live, if they tamper with the book of the Revelation. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So what I hear being said right here are very serious warnings about adding to or subtracting from the book of the Revelation. It's given just as the Lord intends. Our job is not to be an editor of it, but to believe it and share it. Verse 20, he which testifieth these things saith, surely I come quickly. 
Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. In John 3, verses 16 to 18, we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 to 13, we read this, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. I'm going to say a phone number here that I would like you to write down. Maybe you will call the number, or you will give it to someone that you are praying will call the number. Now, you're not calling me. You're calling a Christian ministry who can answer questions and help you come to true saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the number. I'm going to say it twice. 888-388-2683. 888-388-2683. Or you can go to this website to learn more about the Lord Jesus Christ www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. Let me spell that for you. www.bellevue.org forward slash J-E-S-U-S. www.bellevue.org forward slash Jesus. Now listen, if the Lord doesn't come first and I don't die on my own in my sleep or Satan, the deep state, the World Economic Forum or some other group don't double tap me first, then I'll be back next week with a new series and new episodes of This Week in the Word. Before you go... I would invite you to like the podcast, like the episode you listen to, follow the podcast, and share this episode with someone else who needs to hear it. Be a missionary with me in 
telling others to come. Amen. God bless you and have a great week. Jesus is returning soon.